When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Bryce Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. All right, welcome into the Extra Extra and Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. Day six in the books here of the 2018 U.S. Olympic Team Trials in Omaha, high atop Baxter Arena in the Bird's Nest. Price Atkinson, Joe Calabrese, TESN, also Curling Zone President Jerry Gertz. Once again, we are up here, and now we have got some a lot to get into, not in the way of a lot of games, but... A big day, the longest day technically of these trials is we had a tiebreaker this morning and then we also had the beginning game one of best of three finals on the women's and men's side. I guess the only place to start, let's get with the tiebreaker first this morning is we talked about it last night, Todd Burr forcing a somewhat of a surprising tiebreaker. Heater McCormick didn't play very well last night, but he was a different skip. The Heater McCormick we saw, without a doubt, on the first two days of these trials, guys, this morning in the wind over Todd Burr to advance to the finals. I think, to be honest, both teams were different this morning. I agree. You know, both teams came out and played a really strong game in this tiebreaker this morning. And, uh, you know, it, it could have been either team's game, but uh, McCormick and his uh, his guys really showed up throwing uh, 90s across the board. Yeah. High man, uh, Corey Dropkin, 95, and, and uh, Heater himself threw an even 90. So hard to beat when you really step up your game and, and uh, put it together like that. Yeah, they played really well this morning, Joe. And, you know, Heater, they came out on fire. They forced the action. And then I believe it was five, six, and seven, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was three straight steals for Heater McCormick as they went on to – get the victory over Todd Burr and company seven to six and you know again it was just it was a hot performance and it was a hot performance by Heater and company that carried over tonight which we're going to get into in a minute but you know in a game that we all thought that I mean Todd Burr didn't just book his ticket to the tiebreaker he they those guys had a real shot I really thought it was kind of a different a, a different story from the first five ends to the last five for for team Burr and company. Yeah, once Todd got behind you, you know, they really had to start to gamble. It's yeah. not their game. They get down in that situation, and, and they had to take some chances, and it didn't work out too well for them. And, you know, you look at the way the teams played on the ice. Last night they seemed to be, you know, out of sync as a lineup and, and really struggled uh, to put it all together, didn't yep. they? Yeah, I think, you know, Price mentioned sort of a story of two halves. I think if Burr maybe had started with the hammer, things might have been a little bit different in terms of sort of 
the pace of play, I guess is the best way of putting it. Um, you know, they changed uh, hammer efficiency, you know, scores a two for the first four ends. Um, you know, then McCormick gets a one, and then, you know, the second half of the game just seemed like things were completely different, and, and McCormick seemed to have some control. Uh, Burr wasn't making the, the um, hammers that he had been making them pretty much all week. Um, you know, he was in some tough spots, um, but at the end of the day, McCormick's team just seemed like they had a little bit more today. Yeah, they really did, Jerry. You know, it's it. You know, it comes down to mentality and the way they approach the game out there. They were definitely a a team of four uh, focused on one goal in that situation, and you know, you wonder how much that was. You know, it was pretty obvious how out of sync they were last night. And yeah, you know, the uh, USA curling uh, sports psychologist is. Uh, on staff here, and I imagine they had some couch time last night, <laughs> post game, to kind of uh, bring that all back together, and and uh, you know just make sure that they refocused and and were ready to go this morning. Yeah, there seemed to be a lot less chitter chatter about you know lines and you know strategy decisions than that was pretty much on both teams last night. They, they both teams were sort of trying to figure it all out, but this morning it was a different story. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I don't think there's any question about it. I'll say it just because opinions are what we do a lot of times right here, but I don't think there's any question that Todd Burr and his crew proved that they belonged here because they played well. They may not have played that great out of the box, but they got better as the week went on. And then, you know, getting yourself into a tiebreaker to play in the best of three finals for a spot to go to uh, the chance to go to the Olympics, in my book, that showed that those guys firmly belonged here. And I thought uh, certainly the future is bright for Hunter Clawson. He had a great attitude the whole time. You saw I, every time I saw him, he was smiling, just having a great time, even in the losses. But uh, And then I see, you know, John Bitten mentioned a little bit earlier this morning after the game that that's, that, that's it for his, you know, Olympic curling career. Obviously, they'll work and try and make the world championships a little, a little bit later. But those guys proved that they belong here. Yeah, I think, you know what, as a team, they're good enough to win this event. You know, and, oh, yeah. and I, I never questioned that part of it. It's, it's not something that, uh, you know, that that's the issue. You know, my concern is always the next step. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the biggest win that they got this year was against uh, uh, Patrick Mauberg's out of Sweden, 45th ranked overall. And, yeah. you know, my concern was the next step. Sure. You know, and, and you know, this is part of the, part of the issue with uh And with many had that where, concern. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's. It's part of this thing about, you know, the Olympics and sure. the importance of having having success at the Olympics. Yep. And the money that it brings to the program and, and builds everything behind it. You know, and at the same time, you know, we need to make sure that teams like Todd Burr and the next generation of teams that are outside the program have the opportunity to, you know, to have success. That they're not left behind with these opportunities. And, you know, while I, you know, had the opinion that maybe they, you know, that they wouldn't be the right team to send to the Olympics. We need to find ways to yeah. give teams opportunities to play more, you know, find some sponsorship, put some, you know, money in their pockets so that they can go out and chase that dream without having to be part of the, the, the program. Yep. Joe? Yeah, I think as the game grows that those opportunities will arise, but it it seems as if, you know, in the immediate future, that's going to be a tough task. I mean, and we're working towards it, but it's it's uh, something immediately that may be tough for some folks. Yeah, and 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 this is you know this is why the HP program was was created in the first place. It's you know you're seeing results out of it. You know, world championship uh, success and and uh, teams playing well at that level. And and what's happened is is the funding has increased because of it. Right. 
And, you know, at the end of the day, Olympic medals will continue to see that funding increase. Right. And, you know, you're, there's risk of sending, you know, I don't want to say call it the wrong team, but, you know, if the United States sees another result where they finish at the bottom of the standings like they have the last uh, uh, two Olympics, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions asked and, and it's going to continue to hold the, the program in the country back. Yeah, I mean, curling is sort of the fun sport in the Winter Olympics. It's the one everybody seems to, in, you know, look at and say, oh, that, that looks like a, lot, a blast, it's something yeah. I can do. But that only goes so far, you know. And the Olympics, unfortunately, to some degree, are about winning at this point now yeah. in in the twenty first century. And you know, whoever we send uh, to South Korea is, to grow this game needs to win medals. I mean, that's just basically what it boils down to. Yeah, you know, look at the growth this country has seen just out of participating. Imagine what would ha- what will happen right. when the United States wins a gold medal. All right, let's turn the page and look at the finals. We will, let's do the women's first as they were up on deck this afternoon. Uh, we'll hear from Eileen Geving and Monica Walker here in just a few minutes. But Team Sinclair, Team Roth, Nina and company, a 6-5 winner in 11 ends. And, you know, there were shots to win it by both teams in the 10th end. Uh, came up short, but overall you mean deep, deep. Yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> short, bad choice of words, very poor choice of words, especially when it comes to this sport. Did not obviously mean it like that, but the fact that Nina overcomes the hammer in the game one that Jamie had a big story, Jerry. Yeah, we, you know, we, we talked about this yesterday. You know, I, you know, I called this yep. a game of uh, a game of hammers, uh, yep. and my choice was Sinclair to win this thing because of that, and. You know, at game one, they get the force in the in the first end, and uh, Nina gets uh, two later on and and takes control of the game again. Uh, Nina really played well out there and played Jamie's game to, you know, played Jamie's game probably better than Jamie did. Yeah. That's actually, it, it's, I didn't see a ton of the game, and we were packing up, getting ready to go home. <laughs> but uh, the second half of the game, that's exactly what I, I saw. I mean, she was playing Jamie's game, and it was working, and... Um, the battle of seconds. You know, I don't know what the stats looked like, but it looked like Vicky had a, a slightly off game. Um, they weren't getting the rolls. They weren't getting quite the shots that they were they were looking for. Yeah, seventy six percent for uh, for Vicky. Yeah, and so then you get to the tenth end, and I I did watch the tenth end, um, and uh, Jamie's uh, last shot at the end. They oversweep by maybe three four inches total like i mean it was it was there and and it just it slid just a little bit too far yep. and gave nina a chance to get out of it yeah and and you know you look at some of the earlier shots in that end there was a few that slid deep behind the t-line and you know 10th end pressure situation the adrenaline gets going and you kick out of the hack and you don't realize how much how much you got behind you there and yeah. and it works for sweepers too i mean yeah. you know, you, you're yeah. looking at it and thinking we got to go we got to go and, yeah. and then you go and you go too far and it's just that that close a game and then and then nina you know she's that great draw player she's really got touch she you know relied on that on that that skill and made that great freeze and uh, forced Jamie into that tough decision whether she, you know, thought she might have been shot or not. She tried it. She tried something with her last one that uh, ended up didn't working. Didn't work. Sorry, it. Uh, she hit it a hair too thick. If that you know, if that's half an inch thinner, right. I think that thing splashes out across yeah, the top. Yeah, I said last shot. I didn't say the last shot. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Afterwards, I caught up with Eileen Geving. Here's what she had to say about the win and getting out to a 1-0 lead in the best of three. 
Aline, congratulations. What a battle. Exactly kind of what we thought, just a back-and-forth affair between two fantastic teams, you and Jamie. Yeah, we definitely, we knew coming in we would have to play well and that any time a miss basically equals a point. So we were trying our best not to have any mistakes and just play well. Take us back through the tent because you guys had a chance to win it in the tent. They had a chance where they could have won it in the tent. Just kind of walk us through that before the 11th. Do you mean in the... In the, in the, in the yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, they came a little deep on one of theirs, and we had a chance to glue it in, and um, it, the spot just didn't want to curl for us, so we kind of left a little pocket, and we just kept piling them in there, and they had a chance to, to hit them out, but it had to be perfect, and it was just barely, barely. What kind of a, obviously you get a 1-0 lead, but what kind of a, maybe a mental advantage do you go into game two, knowing you got one in your back pocket, you just need one more? Yeah, I mean, I think just knowing that we're playing well, we're making the shots that we need to make to win. So it's nice to just go into it thinking, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, we don't have to change anything. It's just a matter of keeping plugging away. Congratulations. See you tomorrow. Thank you. All right, that was Eileen Geving for Team Roth. Jerry? Yeah, one last thought there about uh, Eileen. Uh, She had a great game. You know, we talked about this yesterday. This was going to be a battle of Vicky against Eileen. You know, they're really the catalyst to what make those two teams go yep and uh eileen with her 86 percent you know outshot vicky that game and and uh nina that big two and nine to take the one point advantage into the 10th you know kind of exactly what we thought would be uh yeah, you know, was, the, the deciding point in the lineup you know the parts of the game that i saw i saw vicky a lot of times um having to draw and that you know and that's not what Sinclair wants to have happen. She wants to have a lead. She wants Vicky eliminating stones, and then they they kind of work it out at the end. The last, you know, Alex and she kind of figure out how to get there too, and uh, it just didn't work out that way today. All right, Sinclair and company they fall, but they'll come back again, and you can be sure that they're they're going to come back scratching and clawing, fighting to force a game three. Here's what Monica Walker had to say right after the game. All right, Monica, just coming off the ice, tough first game, but really the battle that we all expected between you two teams that really, really know each other. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing to lose such a close one, especially in an extra end, but I feel that we really put everything out there on the ice and don't have many regrets for that game. So. How do you guys turn the page, uh, you know, in the tenth, that 10th? You know, both teams had a chance to win it in the 10th. Yeah, for sure. Um, I made a sweeping error on Jamie's uh second to last one so that's a little disappointing because we definitely had the opportunity to win that game on that rock um but we knew that we had to get our one and going into the extra we were confident that we could steal against this team so again no regrets now what do you guys do just to kind of regroup and get ready for tomorrow yeah we just keep doing what we've been doing all week um basically we just eat rest sleep and then we come back the next day and we curl so we'll look forward to that tomorrow good luck tomorrow thank you All right, that was Monica Walker right there for Team Sinclair. And again, the women's second game of the best of three finals. That one will be tomorrow at 1 o'clock Central Time here in Omaha, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So uh, we will get into a little bit more of that. Uh, Just remind you about that later. But before we go, we're going to get away. Come right back here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. If you're looking to buy new curling equipment, don't settle for cheap imitations. Hardline came onto the scene seven years ago and is at the forefront of high-performance and recreational curling equipment. Hardline's ice pad is the best choice when it comes to brush heads, which is why top-ranked pros play with it, including world champions Team Gushu, 
as well as U.S. men's and women's national champions, Team Schuster and Team Sinclair. Whether you're looking for brooms, the ProSlide delivery aid designed by Reed Carruthers, or shoes and apparel, take a look at Hardline and see why they are the number one choice for curling equipment. Show the sponsor your support by going to tesn.us and clicking on the Hardline Ice Pad logo. All right, welcome back into the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th End Sports Network, Price Atkinson, Joe Calabrese, TESN, also Jerry Gertz, Curling Zone CEO, and turning the page now to the guys tonight. I don't know if you want to call it a surprising result, but Heater McCormick played really well his entire team this morning, and you can say the same thing again. I think they all four, Jerry, you've got the numbers probably in front of you right now or are in the process of pulling them up. But Heater McCormick knocks off John Schuster tonight, 5-3 in a game where John Schuster didn't get a single deuce the whole way. Yeah, you know what, I'd call it a surprising result for sure. You know, Schuster's team uh, as a squad came out flat. Um, They really got behind the eight ball early. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Heath's team, they continued their strong play from the tiebreaker this morning. And, you know, you wonder how much that layoff really had to do with it. You were talking about that earlier uh, this evening, and, and you know what, I think I, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, you know, sometimes you've got uh, – when you get out there, and somebody made the comment down on the ice, well, they got to practice. Schuster and them got to practice this morning. Well, you know, they both commented after the game, and John Schuster said it, he thought the ice was faster, he thought it was played straighter tonight. Heater and those guys got to play this morning. And, you know, it's one thing to practice, but when you get into the heat of competition, and especially when you play a hot game like Heater and company did this morning, I mean, it was just a continuation tonight. And I think that may have been a factor. You'll see that on championship uh, day. Uh, And we got days here. When you get down to a single game on the ice, the conditions do change. Um, There's fewer people out on the ice, you know, the airflow and everything changes. And, it's it is a pretty common thing to see where you'll get some small changes in the ice conditions and faster a little straighter mm-hmm. is is actually pretty common to see happen and that's something that the experience factor out there you know both Heath's team and uh, John's team have that experience so you know they know but until they you know get on the ice and throw a few it's hard to know for sure yeah and it's maybe something that they could have figured um, based on the women's game because Pete Fenson mentioned that a number of times um you know in passing as i'm well hearing what's going on and i'm packing up i'm you know, the ice it just it wasn't curling up it didn't curl up the way it did earlier in the week and you know you got to take some notes i think it's the same sheets the same rocks um and they did have practice they did get out there and they you know they they knew what rocks they had um no, actually, they get to pick their own rocks, right? So they were maybe yep. different rocks, but they got to pick the ones they wanted. So you would think that they'd have an idea of what the conditions were going to be like. All right, Vice Skip in third for Team McCormick, Chris Plies. Here's, here's Christopher after the game. All right, here with Chris Plies. You guys come off the ice, get a victory in game one of the best of three. Yep. What's the big advantage now? You guys got uh, one in the can. I mean, I think the only advantage is that we have Hammer in the next game. Uh you know, this this series is far from over, and we got a lot of work to do if we want to book a trip to Korea for sure. But look like Heat really just simply continued playing like he did so hot this morning, just continued again tonight. Do you guys think you benefited from being on the ice early this morning? You know, I think we benefited from having that pressure and just dealing with playing with that pressure this morning. Um, but Heater's been playing like that for a long time. Um, you know, 
our last year's Nationals is, has nothing to do with the way that he can play, and um, he's just showing that now. Do you think some of the pressure is kind of off now, off firmly on those guys now down 0-1? Uh, no, I think they're still the favorite, um, but we like that. We're, we're here. We like to be the underdog. Everybody can bet on those guys if they want, but we're going to be ready to play tomorrow. Thanks, Chris. Good luck tomorrow. Thanks. All right, and that's Chris Plies talking about the 5-3 to three win over Schuster and company. And he said it. If you people want to keep betting on John Schuster, that's fine. He goes, we will continue <laughs> to be the underdog. And he said, and when I asked him, you heard it, the pressure, it's still on John Schuster tomorrow. So, you know, I was thinking about this game, and um, I, I watched parts of that one too. But I can tell you, I heard that game. The explosion that Chris Plies can get out of stones is it can echo a building and it makes you look at the replay and see what's going on. He made a number of really good shots, and Heater did too, where, where rocks were just flying all over the place. And at the end of the day, their rocks were the ones counting. Yeah. Yeah, they really played a great game. You know, it's it's hard to, to knock, uh, you know, their performance anywhere. I know Plies's uh, percentage was a little low, but he made all the right shots and, and really put a lot of pressure on John. You know, John had a hard time generating offense, and that's been a challenge for his team at times when they, you know, aren't at their best. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, John was very patient tonight. You know, I think uh, against Heater and the style of game Heath plays, I think he's got to put the pressure on, on him and, and make Heater face some, face some shots. And I think yeah. that is – what he's going to need to do to turn this around. Well, and Joe and I were talking during the game up here. It seemed like every shot that Heater needed to make, and not he, it just wasn't him. I mean, Plies was making it. Everybody seemed to be dialed in and making the shots they needed, but you're, and I think you're talking about trying to force it a little bit more, force yeah. him to make some more. Yeah, Corey Dropkin, 94%, really took away a lot of the opportunities early and ends too. And, and uh, you know, they're, and, you know, Chris is right. The pressure is on John. You know, he's been to three previous Olympics, and, you know, it's always been uh, something that he's gone and done. And, and for Heath's team, you know, I think and we did it too. Yeah. We, you know, we were we were predicting a yeah. two-game yeah. sweep here. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know what, they stepped up and they uh, proved us wrong already. We'll see what happens from here. I'm predicting a two-game sweep from tomorrow. <laughs> That's my goal. I'm going to be wow. right one of these times. You know I, what? If today's Heath McCormick team shows up, it's going to be really tough. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a really tough good battle. Tonight. There's no doubt about it. Well, if a John Schuster team from the round robin shows up, and you got a Heater McCormick team that played like they did today in both games, we're in for a barn burner. I, I signed me up. I, I, I'm glad I'm not going anywhere. I'll just say that, and I hate that Joe and B.A.R. We'll get to that in a moment. But here's Matt Hamilton after the game, and not very happy, but gracious, just a couple minutes here uh, to talk about the game. Real quick, uh, just talk about the game tonight. Uh, Just never put any pressure on him. Heath was looking at open hits and free draws. He had one shot against two points, and uh, that's unacceptable the way we play. And uh, we know that we just got to lock in a little better on draw weight, and we'll – get him looking at more stones and we'll see if he uh, still has that clutch shot. I think those guys were a little bit sharper maybe from having gotten on the ice for a tiebreaker? You know, I, yes and no. If the ice, if the ice did seem quicker than it did in the round robin, so if uh, their tiebreaker was like that, maybe, but at the same time, we we need to be sharper as well. They didn't have any insanely difficult shots to look at. They're throwing fairly high percentage shots and they should play that sharp, so 
hats off to them for uh, getting that first win, but that's why we play a best of three. Good luck. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. All right, that's Matt Hamilton. After the game tonight, those guys will regroup, and I, I, I can guarantee we will see – I think we will see them play better tomorrow, Jerry. Yeah, both teams are going to be on the same level of rest and and, yeah. uh, and steps into uh, tomorrow evening's game. You know, I expect, uh, you know, same thing. You know, John's team will regroup. They're pros. They've been through this many times before. Yep. And uh, I think the maturity level of John and the team and where they are at now will, you know, make sure we'll see at least a game three. Yeah. And uh, and I actually I hope that happens for, for the city of Omaha because, uh, frankly, a Saturday crowd uh, for, a, you know, a winner-take-all kind of event would be terrific here. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind about yeah, it. Yeah, it's been wonderful here all week, and the crowds continue to get bigger as the weekend comes up. Yep. Uh, you know, we, it's, it's, we kind of lose track of what day it is and yeah. what time it is sitting inside the arena all day long. And, but it's and, a Thursday night. Yeah, and, and Thursday night. we had a night. pretty good crowd here tonight. Yeah, Just, Thursday afternoon game for the women. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun here. Pelle, it's crazy to think this time next week we're going to be sitting around belly aching after getting full, eating the Thanksgiving meals all day long. That it's, uh, it will not become – I won't even realize what day we're on and probably till the week after Thanksgiving because you know how next week is. It's always crazy. So, all right, uh, the men's final or the game two of the men's final will be tomorrow at 6.30 here locally in Omaha, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. McCormick and Schuster once again. But – before we get out of here, I think we've hit on everything because we'll do it again tomorrow, Jerry, you and I. But I hate that we have to say goodbye. I hate that we have to say goodbye to Joe and B.A. Hopefully we'll get B.A. off the snide over here for a quick cameo because I don't think he's made a cameo on the podcast once this year outside of maybe uh, the the audio clip when we had Monica Walker in the booth at Nationals. But he's staying put. We can't pry him off. There's nothing I can say. I think maybe – I think maybe Joe is the only guy that could get him off the couch behind us. But, Joe, I hate that you guys are having to bolt and leave, but we'll hold the fort down up here in the bird's nest. But I guess more than anything, just thank for me to you, thank you to you and B.A. for the chance to be a part of this. It's just been a blast. And I hate that you guys are leaving, but it's this has been a lot of fun with you guys. It is every single time, and I hope there are more. Yeah, kudos to the amazing job that uh, 12th End Sports Network does in the streaming. There's nobody else in the world that does it as good, as effectively, tells such a great story, and yep. presents such a great picture for the game. You guys are amazing. Amen. Amen, Jerry. I'll let uh, B.A. speak The first. floor is yours, B.A. Hey, just want to say thanks to you guys. <laughs> Price, you've been awesome. Jerry, love your stats. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. That's all he's got. Hey, right. we, we, but we got a cameo. We got a That's Brian right. Anderson cameo. That's all this was about was getting him in we here. Didn't even so have to buy him a beer. Uh, we'll buy him. A, he's going to get a couple later. Uh, you guys got a round on me. I might even be able to talk Joe into maybe one. Hopefully, one of the things I don't think most viewers realize from watching the streaming that uh, these guys do is they actually run a more high tech show than the giant NBC truck does. Yeah. All the graphics and everything that they put together, the system, yep. it's all automatically generated based on, on BA's programming skills and, and what he's built and put together in the system. He's basically created a, a, a setup where he's basically six or seven people running the whole thing behind the scenes and making sure that all this stuff comes together. And, you know, f 
you know, I've worked with uh, Sportsnet in Canada. I've been inside trucks for with the World Curling Federation at the at the Worlds and stuff like that. And to see what Brian and and Joe do with a small budget and uh, you know, you know, with some brilliant ideas is is really amazing. Well, you know, and I appreciate that. Thanks, Jerry. But one of the things that I think makes it possible is the partnership that we have with you. Um, you know, having stats that are you know, fingertips is really what allows us to think of really good ideas and then allows PA to kind of implement them. Um, we're obviously sad that we're going to be leaving, but, you know, we have families and lives at home and we got to kind of get oh, back yeah. to them. NBC's taking over and they're going to do a great job. Um, we're real excited about the possibility, or not the possibility, but uh, where we'll be next is going to be at U.S. Nationals. And up in Fargo, we've been there before. We kind of know what to expect and we're going to keep bringing the innovation. There's, there's nobody that does it. I put, I put Joe and BA up against anybody. Um, the attention to detail, the hard work, the not only the production side of thing, the talent side of thing. That Joe is. I mean, I'd put them up against anybody that does this. And, and, and I know that our listeners right now would probably all ninety nine point nine percent would all say the same thing. And I hope we can find a way to make it happen more too. Yeah, I would like. Th- I'd like that. But let me quickly. Um, I appreciate all that, but we have a, a great set of volunteers who do run cameras, run, who, who are our commentators. We had uh, Mark Lazar, Dean Gemmel, uh, Josh Schultz. We had uh, cameos by Rich Ruinen. Um We had Matt Hamilton up in the booth. I mean, uh, and then obviously Price. Price is uh, priceless, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, he does everything to help us. We, you know, we've had Sean Murray at Nationals in the past, and we hope to get him again if he... He's competing now, so he's he's at semi-TESN retirement, I guess. <laughs> and we'll pull him out when, if, if necessary. But uh, That's when I get the boot, Jerry. No, no, no. Nobody, <laughs> nobody gets the boot. Uh, it would volunteer. I mean, come on, really. Um, so, But these folks, they, they come out and they, they help us out, and they, they're very selfless, and it, it does make a really big difference in the, in the broadcast. Now, I have one last thing to say about this. I know we're running late. But the fundraising campaign that was done at U.S. Nationals last year made an enormous difference in the quality of the webcast this time around. We have consistency in terms of our camera setup, and uh, the cameras across the border are all similar. And uh, for that reason, we can do so much more than we've ever been able to do before. Yeah. We don't have a bad set of cameras anymore. And so, um, you know, we can we can move from sheet to sheet, and it seems pretty seamless, and it we're going to bring that same kind of level of uh, detail to Nationals. Yeah. Well, we're going to miss you guys uh, tomorrow and Saturday. If we have a Saturday, we will find out. I, something tells me, and I really hope that we do have a Saturday from the standpoint that Joe mentioned and, and Jerry, that we will get Omaha out on a Saturday. I don't care if it's in the afternoon or night. I just think the crowds will be spectacular if we can get a weekend game or games here at Baxter Arena. Final thoughts? Giddy up. <laughs> let's, let's giddy up out of here. All right. Bryce Atkinson for Joe Calabrese, Jerry Gertz. Again, we will see you from high atop Baxter Arena in the Bird's Nest tomorrow night. Maybe I think we'll leave that third chair open unless Jerry Corral, somebody else to join us. But I think it might just be you and me, big guy. But until then, we'll see you tomorrow night from Baxter Arena in Omaha here on the Extraction Podcast with the Quilton Sports Network powered by Isogen. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook 
to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In podcast, powered by Isogenics. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.